Welcome to the inaugural C-Spray Making Ways podcast. Joining us today, we have Paul McGowan, the Managing Director of C-Spray Financial Services, and Danny O'Leary, CEO of C-Spray Private. Uh, C-Spray Financial Services is a full-service brokerage. Uh, we have a business that is covers from mortgages, through protection, through life cover. Our advice that we give clients based on our own research. Alongside the full brokerage, my focus has been in investment advice and wealth management over many years. The S&P is down, is down nearly 20%. Okay, now. right. Yeah. European markets were off about 12%. You have Irish market was down over 15%. And within those, within that volatility and, and that uncertainty, there are opportunities and particularly our focus is sustainable, responsible investment portfolio. From 2021, we were forecasting through our research that the situation was going to change. The whole concept of growth stocks had reached a peak. Our view from the house would be that by 2025, we should be seeing inflationary tendencies come back to that two to two to two and a half percent. That's the target. Got some questions from, from some clients, so we'll maybe fire those at you if you sure. wouldn't mind. Yeah. What we have seen is in reviewing our portfolios from last year, clients' portfolios have actually outperformed the, the performance of the indexes because of that research-driven um, approach we took to investing. Right. I'm seeing huge investment going into AI, cloud, cybersecurity. It's huge in terms of since we, you know, pandemic and, and when we're moving. Thank you for joining us today for our inaugural Seaspray Making Waves podcast, brought to you by Seaspray Financial Services Limited and Seaspray Private Limited. Seaspray Financial Services Limited trading as Seaspray Mortgages and Seaspray Private Limited trading as Seaspray Private are regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. This is Seaspray Making Waves podcast number one. Today, what we plan to do is to take a look at the tumultuous year that was 2022. Um, it's one that some of us may want to forget. Um, and then we'll take a look ahead at 2023 and what that has in store for investors. So that's the, the general plan for, for the inaugural podcast, okay? Um, so be, before we do that, um, I think our viewers and our listeners will be keen to understand the, uh, the offering that Seaspray Private and Seaspray Financial has to, to provide its clients and to explain what the investment philosophy is within the company. So you might start off by giving us a, a sense of that, please. Yeah. Sure. Um, uh, Seaspray Financial Services is a full-service brokerage. Uh, we have a business that is covers from mortgages through protection, through life cover. So basically a life-to-death service business. Our advice that we give clients is based on our own research. And we have an in-house team who focus on producing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly research. Um, And this goes to underlie every piece of advice that we give to our clients. We have an experienced team. Um, Some of us are up to 40 years in the business. And we try and bring that experience to play with the um, investment knowledge that we have on markets. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Danny? Absolutely. And Paul and I came together just before the lockdown. Oh, and, good timing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I suppose my experience, and no more than that, 40 years uh, going through lots of crises in terms of markets. But we came together on the basis that alongside the full brokerage, my focus has been in investment advice and wealth management over many years, okay. over 25, 30 years. And we felt Together, we could actually have a very strong offering for clients across a wide spectrum in Ireland, 
where they weren't getting the relationships, where they weren't getting the, the one-to-one yeah. uh, investment advice. And thankfully, we've now grown to a team of 12, and our philosophy is we create investment solutions, Marty, and we are doing that and growing that, and I strongly believe over the next number of years, we will be a, very much on that one-to-one relationship with our many, many clients out in into the future. Excellent, excellent. So a, a very strong team, it appears, you know, um, with, with two facets to the business. Yeah. And I must reinforce what uh, Paul was saying there, the research and the content that, you know, that we're delivering through Oshin and Victor, they're paramount to the, the, the detail we can give to our clients. I think the last two years have been so important, Marty, that we've, we've had COVID. Yeah. And now we've gone into a war in, with Ukraine and all that's come, and we'll deal with that in a minute. But yeah, yeah. I think the critical thing is that it's that client engagement and the one-to-one conversations. It can be on the phone. It, it can be the Zoom calls, which I never did before, and the team calls. But we're doing things differently now in communicating and being with our clients. And an important part of that is the research content that we can actually bring to the table. Right. And yeah. that, I think that's a tremendous, uh, if you like, competitive it uh, scenario. almost every piece of advice. Yeah, and across both businesses, we can access direct markets and indirect markets. Right. Okay. By direct markets, I mean we can uh, offer full equity dealing, full bond uh, mm-hmm. dealing for clients through our Connects in Pershing platform. And then with our relationships with all the life companies, we can access all of the investment funds that are available internationally. And then we have, through Danny and his team, we have a whole set of structured products, which were bespoke products that are being developed yeah. for clients. Excellent. I think Excellent. the key is the relationships and the partnerships we have with both domestically and internationally. So we have the life companies and investment houses here in Ireland, yeah. but we have those partnerships and relationships with international A-rated banks. Okay. okay. It gives us a lot of choice when we're creating investment right. solutions. There's a USP there, I think, isn't there? You know? So as I said, the, the kickoff really is to take a look at, at, at last year. Wow. Like, what a year that was, you know, so uh, almost a totally. perfect storm, I would say, you know, where you, where you had energy price inflation, you had the interest rate hikes, the monetary policy was, was up and down, you, you had cost of living crisis, you had geopolitics. So it is almost a perfect storm and record levels in some cases. So do you see those, those aspects continuing to impact markets in 2023? I think for many clients and many investors, you have to go back probably to 2008, to see the level of distortion, dislocation that we've had in markets and, and a totally different crisis. Yeah. So for me, 2022, I think, I have to say this at the very start, is that there's a human cost to what's happened in 2022. And the war in Ukraine, and we have first-hand experience because Victor, who is part of our team, is from Ukraine. Okay, right, yeah. And he is, you know, his extended family has come back. And the support from the people of Ireland to Ukraine in terms of opening doors and the work we've done in in getting goods and and supplies to Ukraine. To me, that's probably been one of the highlights in terms of how, in spite of everything that's gone on, we've been able to do the good and 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 be part of of, of turning that around for many people in terms of that. Yeah, yeah. The markets have been dramatic, and I think the seeds of that probably Paul twenty twenty one. We we had from the pandemic a very strong sort of supply-demand imbalance. Yeah. We couldn't get supplies of food, energy, uh, you know, all, all of them were in sort of that uh, sort of crisis. The central banks were of the view that that would be transient and the inflation prices moving up was yeah. going to be, you know, sort of transient. 
On the February 24th, when the war started, the game changed yeah. and we saw energy prices. And I think during the year, um, we saw natural gas go to 350 euros right. per megawatt. Yeah. And we saw, you know, oil prices, you know, sky high. And we have the cost of living crisis. I think we're seeing a change in that, Paul, in the, in the, in the last few months. But it has had a dramatic effect because for the first time for many years, we've had both bond markets and equity markets both in negative territory and, and, and quite a negative year. For, yeah, for if, you, if you look at it, Danny, um, the S&P is down, was down nearly 20%. Okay, after. right. Yeah. European markets were off about 12%. You have Irish market was down over 15%. Um, at the same time, we had a sell-off in bonds. So we had this perfect storm, as we call it, whereby if clients were invested in equities, they were losing money. If they took the switch and went into bonds, as, as, you, as you know, with bonds, the interest, as interest rates rise, the price changes. And so these, as the central banks start to push up interest rates, they, uh, people start to have losses on their bonds because if they were locked in at 2% and yields are now at a 3%, yeah. they, they've now taken a hit. So it set up a very, it was a very bad year for investors. Right. But history has shown us that if you stay invested for the long term, and we are long-term investors, we're not short-term investors. So there are times when you have to set up your investment portfolios to, to match the situation. From 2021, we were forecasting through our research that the situation was going to change. The whole concept of growth stocks had reached a peak, and we started switching around to value stocks, which meant a switch really from the technology sectors to the more oil, gas, and the more traditional Areas. Okay, now, if yeah. you had made those switches um, within portfolios, you actually could have seen a strong growth over the period of time, despite the fact that the headlines, like the Nasdaq, was down so far. But you could actually have seen a, a reasonable benefit and a, a, at least a holding position within your portfolios. Yeah, yeah. So what we have seen is in reviewing our portfolios from last year, clients' portfolios have actually outperformed the, the performance of the indexes because of that research-driven um, approach we took to investing. Right, yes. Um, yeah. and, and as we go, came into the end of the year, obviously inflation continues to grow, and the central banks had been pushing up interest rates initially at a half percent, then three quarters of a percent. Now in the last quarter, we've finally seen where the last incre increase was at a half percent, and markets have suddenly started to think, oh, maybe we're coming to a peak here. We, we're never sure when we're going to call it, but I think when we start talking about next year, that's going to be a big, a big element to it. You yeah, know? Yeah. But we do have to recognize it was a very difficult year for investors. It was a very tough investors. year for investors last yeah. year. Yeah. And, and one thing I will say, the, one of the reasons for, for the way we operate, we, we have the structured products which Danny's team has built. And those structured products have been built to try and, and see through these times of volatility right, yeah. and provide a base of, of capital guarantee for clients and allow clients time for markets to heal so they can um, um, recover. Um, and these things are all available, you know, when you check our website. Right. Actually, the key yeah. there, Marty, is that while there's volatility, uncertainty, and there's fear, I think for many, patience is, is the key, you know, in sitting tight. But there is also opportunity. And within the last 12 months, we have seen 300 rate rises across the globe. We've okay. seen a trio yeah. of... 10% you know, uh, market rallies during that period of time. And within those, within that volatility and, and that uncertainty, 
there are opportunities and particularly our focus is sustainable, responsible investment portfolios. This is very important. So it is, long, long, you know, in terms of medium to long term, but there are growth themes. If you take, I know the technology sector has, has been hit very badly, but technology is not going away. Cybersecurity, cloud, and all the different themes that are going to be with us over the next number of years, there's going to be trillions added to GDP as a result of that. So there are opportunities over the longer term, but particularly the transformation and the green transformation. The war in Ukraine has accelerated the move from fossil fuels to renewables in a, in, a, in a manner that will bring it very much forcefully home in terms of this coming decade. We will not be relying on Putin and, and natural gas and, and oil supplies. That move is going to move very, very fast. And if I could just give an example, in the first week of January, in Ireland, the NTMA has already accumulated 3.5 million billion in green bonds. These are going to be used for uh, the purpose in terms of uh, waste, uh, in terms of environmental, clean transportation, all part of Ireland's climate action plan. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. that was oversubscribed 10 times. Wow. Okay. So there was 300 international investors with 35 billion available. So it just shows that there are, go there are going to be investments. There is a wall of money out there. There's an appetite, yeah. And there is an appetite yeah. in terms of 2023. Yeah. So very, very tough 2022. But I think our view would be that there is positive signs. It may be a game of two halves, if I can use the sporting analogy. It may be a game of two halves. Yeah. I, th I still think the first half of 2023 will, will be difficult, but I do believe that there will be a momentum, as Paul highlighted. I think we're coming to the peak in terms of inflation. Yeah. We'll highlight that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But I, more importantly, the, the, the Fed and the central banks, the major central banks, I think we're going to be a, seeing a slowing down to maybe a, 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 a sort of a pause by the mid-year in terms of where we are in race. Okay. I hope that gives a flavor. I, I just, I'm just picking up on that point that Danny made with regard to the Irish situation. You know, um, a lot of people are focused at times in the media towards UK, US. Yeah. But Ireland has been a standout. And the big perfect example is that we have to raise, in total, we need to raise about seven to eight billion this year. So already in the first week of the year, the, the NTMA has raised over 50% of our requirement for the year. That's because we have a very low level of maturities coming up. We have a exchequer surplus of over 5 billion this year. We have strong cash flow built up in the country because what we've actually had is, despite all of the negatives, our economy has performed extremely well. And um, we're, we're looking at a situation where at the moment, you're looking at, for 2022, the ERSI has come out and been, has looked at what they call modified GDP, and it's still up over 8% okay. growth. Yeah. Um, now, for next year, they're forecasting that to fall down to about 3%, but they're using the same reasons for it to fall next year as were, were the same reasons given at the beginning of this year when they then had to revise up all of their numbers. And um, I, I think there's a, you know, during the course of the year, perfect example was how the Irish government dealt with the COVID situation. They uh, came up with a, a total of about 11 billion of uh, funding for, for the state, for people to support businesses and to support individuals. Now, when you take that in context, the UK went out and, and, and came up with a 60 billion budget. 
which almost crashed their country because it was all going to be borrowed. Exactly. The yeah. Irish 11 billion wasn't borrowed. Not a single penny of it was borrowed. In fact, when they had done it, they had estimated we'd have a 2 billion surplus. That surplus has now turned into a 5 billion surplus. So it just gives you, you know, we're operating in a country where we have had a, we have a, we have an open economy that's very strong. The multinational sector is enormous. Mm. Um, it has a huge investment last year into the economy. That investment is still going. Our exports are really strong. 50% of the exports on the good side come from pharmaceuticals and 56% on the services side come from I ICT. Right. So we have a really wide-based um, set of businesses in a small economy, which does give us some positive backdrops that you know, you're talking about recessions kicking in across Europe and the States. We might see a technical recession. A recession is when you have two negative growths. But at this moment in time, there is nobody forecasting for a negative growth GDP for Ireland. First half, second half of the year, do you reckon? For, first half might slow down. Yeah. I think we, then we'll talk about where we're going to go next year, but I think second half we'll see things pick up a okay. again. Okay. okay. I think it's important also that in the last 12 months, uh, we've probably put 25 million of clients' monies through structured solutions. But we've done that with Natixis, who are a very strong A-rated bank uh, in terms of uh, France. And the monies that have gone into those climate change solutions, they are all, no more than the NTMA have done the green bond, they have gone into green framework yeah. where all the monies are used for renewables. So we're looking at a green transformation. I think that's going to be a key theme as we're going through the next, you know, two, three, four years. But it just shows that for, for investors who are now very conscious of climate, who are very conscious of the environment and, and everything we're doing in, in terms of trying to, you know, get to a, a very much a sustainable environment. I think what we're doing in terms of the themes and the choices and also getting the returns for clients, I think they're very, very strong in terms of that green on green sort of, you know, investment ethos. And yeah, I think that's yeah, very important yeah. going forward. Okay, okay, okay. I think it was Warren Buffett that might have said, which kind of fits in with what you're just saying here. He, he said, be greedy while others are fearful, you know, so totally. it's, it's that opportunistic point. And, that, made, and, you know, and so. that is difficult because um, if, you, if you put clients into investments that they are not, that they're not comfortable with yeah. and they can't sleep at night. I, I, I'm 40 years in terms mm. of looking at this. You have to be able to make sure that it fits the risk profile of the client. There's no point in putting somebody into equities or anything if they cannot tolerate that. So there are different portfolios constructed to make sure that you're looking at I can sleep at night, yeah. but I also can look at possibly the opportunities when it is in fear yeah, and it, yeah, there yeah. is the uncertainty. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. I mean, Equities and bonds, they, they both took a quite a severe hit last year. So do you think both will bounce back and you know, will, will we see recovery in the, in the S&P in, in, in the short term, medium term, long term? I, I think firstly, you know, for and, and last year was a year where we were anti-bonds. This year, yeah. the first half of this year, we would be more positive towards yeah. going into the bond sector. Um, because... The, the bond markets have probably priced in much of the upside. And from here, you know, over the course of the next six months, you could start to see the markets anticipating that interest rates will have peaked out and then will start to fall. And in that situation, you'll often find the bond market moving ahead of it. Yeah. So we would look at, you know, 
10-year and, and five-year bonds at this stage for, for investors. Um, and, you know, when you're looking at yields in or around 3%, yeah. it's starting to be attractive. Yeah. Remember last year, this time last year, we were talking minus a half a percent on bonds. That's right. That's right. So this yeah. is a yeah. major shift. Yeah. Um, now, the, the issue, of course, is inflation because inflation eats into all returns and um, no more to uh, bond in, uh, interest as well. But it's still for the low risk investor for the first time in several years, they now have an option, which is an instrument, which is government backed, that can give them a positive return yeah. if they hold to maturity. Okay. The returns may not be great, but 3% is better than negative. I think, I think you're seeing at the moment uh, a slightly inverted yield curve because the short-term rates are higher than the longer-term mm. rates. Yeah. I think we see that as equalizing out during the year. And, and that's another sign that whatever shallow recessions, I think we're probably of the view in the House that if there are recessions in the US and, and maybe a little more prolonged in terms of the UK, but if there is in Europe and the US and in the developed markets, recession type scenarios and technical yes. recessions, we believe they're going to be shallow because we think the market has actually priced in the, the higher rates. Yeah. We're probably looking at rates yeah. in the US at about five. Yeah. Okay. We're probably looking at our own European rates at maybe three, three point two five or yeah. three yeah. point. Yeah. Okay. And in the UK about four and a half. I can go back to the eighties, Marty, mm -hmm. and when I was paying for a mortgage, on a, mortgage on a house <laughs> and the interest rates were double digit. Yes. We, I, we coped, but yeah. we don't want to go back to that. No, and I no, think yeah. price stability from the central mm -hmm. banks mm -hmm. is critical. And I think they're right in terms of where they've come through in terms of 2022. It's been the right. You don't want this going on and on and on. Yeah. You're talking about the vulnerable in terms of uh, yields, in terms of 3% yield. If inflation is 5 6 7%, your real purchasing power yeah. is gone. Yeah. So we have to get that back down. And we have a generation now that have seen no inflation yeah, right. in terms of the last number of years. Some inflation is grand, and I think the central banks will live with the 2 to 3% type yeah. targets. Our view from the House would be that by 2025, we should be seeing inflationary tendencies come back to that 2 to 2.5%. Two, two yeah. That's the target. And I don't think the central banks will deviate from, from that position. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's happening, though, is that we are seeing after the tumultuous you know, sort of rises that we've seen in terms of energy prices, we've had a warm winter so far, thank God. We've had energy prices that have been coming down. And I do believe that those, in terms of the next number of months, will facilitate the, the central banks easing a little bit, maybe going by 0.25 instead of by 0.5, and making sure then that they get to that rate by probably mid-year, yes. Paul, in terms of that. So our house view would be that that probably will support the bonds element. But I think there's a huge then focus that equities over the long term, I've always been of the view they will deliver, but I believe then we will actually see the, the equity market moving. We're coming off a year where prices have been down double digit. Right. The price earnings multiple, just, just in terms of the values okay. that yeah. we're looking at yeah. simply for companies, would, yeah, they're, they're down and they are trading. I'm not saying they're cheap, but they are at a value now where I do believe if earnings come in reasonably okay, and again, we've had our in-house debate in terms of uh, with Oshin in terms of, you know, are they going to be seriously hit in terms of where they are? I think they're going to come in reasonably okay. And if that is right, then I think that helps towards second half of the year in relation to equity markets moving moving yeah. back up. I mean, I, 
Oshin has a really interesting and insightful chart in, in, in our 2023 outlook, which there was a Bloomberg survey that said yep. uh, there were over 130 analysts looked at it and 70% of them were, were the view that markets would recover, you know, equity markets would recover. Absolutely. So I think, I think that endorses what we're saying. And it'll be I, the weight of money argument. Yes, yes, That's correct. what they will bring to the table. Correct, correct. Um, yeah. And I think I agree with you, Danny. The, the, I think we're going to see probably earnings, quarter four earnings are probably going to be in line, if not a little bit better than expectations, because inflation is positive for corporate earnings. Like people forget this. Yeah. You know, okay, maybe the consumer will start to slow down. And in Ireland, consumer spending has held up completely. It's actually been extremely strong in the last quarter. So the, um, you know, the numbers for corporates should come in reasonably healthy. Uh, early indications from some companies that have been reporting, like for example, Ryanair, their most recent numbers, their guidance is actually, they've actually raised their guidance for the year. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing early signals, you know, particularly in areas where consumer spending, yeah. that maybe things are going to be better than, right. than, than you might expect. And that will feed in, as Danny said, to the PEs, then the PEs, which were at fair to slightly below fair value, will actually start to look very good value. And again, it's an opportunity then to start positioning. And it'll be about positioning. And we cover this in our research, in our, our note for 2023. We've highlighted the sectors. We've highlighted the areas that we like. And, you know, people, if, if clients listening are interested, just click on the website. The, the report is there. The detail is there. And then we have the daily note where we keep updating our view all the time yeah. on this. So it'll help feed into people's uh, requirements in terms of their investment knowledge. I think a, a, another key point that we, we, we're just coming into the new year now, Marty, and, and looking ahead, I, I think one of the major things that uh, already we're seeing, China is opening its doors again after three years. I, don't underestimate the, the, the impact that that can have over the next, no, next number of months. Yeah. Already, when you're looking at the internal flights in the Chinese uh, New Year holiday, millions traveling. The, the fact that they're going to be opening up, I think it will probably support oil prices because you know as the, as the uh, economy opens up, it's going to have that impact. But in world trends, when we're looking at growth, I think the developed markets are probably going to be very, very sort of 0.5 to you know, the US ourselves, it's going to be low. But the forecast for emerging markets Asian economies is actually up around the 4%. And the now new forecast for China, because of the opening up, is going to be more to the 5%. Right. So when you yeah. look at the average across the globe, yes, we probably have technical recessions in terms of the developed economies, but for the Asia, China, and, and emerging markets, we could be at 5 5% growth. So on average, I, we, we're still of the view that there's going to be growth of around 2 2.5% worldwide in terms of the, the coming okay. year. In terms of currencies, do, do you see the, the dollar pulling back? We do. O over time? Yeah. I think we do. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, a house. Yeah, it's yeah. a house. Yeah. The bull run on the dollar has been strong. Mm. And, and by the way, that has supported in terms of uh, uh, asset prices, in yes, terms of yeah. it's actually helped portfolios in terms of the last, yeah. last number. But from parity, we're probably at 107 today. Yes, right. So I think we're probably going to see the fact that uh, interest rates are moving also from a European perspective and, and UK perspective. I do see that the dollar will probably move a little bit back in terms of weakness over, over the next while. 
Um, towards 110 probably is uh, yeah, yeah. term and level energy yeah. will feed into that no and again I think that yeah. will that will help growth because yeah. there's yeah. a lot of the Asian economies that a strong dollar would be hindering you know the, the growth of it. So, so a little bit weaker I think will will actually be a plus in terms of as we go through okay. uh, 2023 okay, great, great. yeah excellent um, our clients are important you know yeah. they're very important um, actually Got some questions from, from some clients, so maybe fire those at you if you sure. wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll come to you first, Danny. Um, one client has, has asked, uh, as part of our conversations before Christmas, you mentioned specific themes that should provide opportunities in, in the course of 2023. Where specifically do you see opportunities in the first quarter of 2023? Okay, Crystal Ball. I think one of the sectors that really got hit last year was as. Paul said, the technology sector. The NASDAQ was down 33%. And some of the big names that we all know, the Netflixes, you know, the Alphabets, the Googles, et cetera, you know, there was no hiding place. They, they have come down quite dramatically in terms of their, their, their prices over the last uh, 12 months. And as I said probably earlier on, technology is not going away. I know people are letting people, some companies are letting people go, but the industry is a big industry. And I believe you know they're they're in that sort of phase where they've taken a lot of that they've been beaten up. Yeah. Mm. But I'm already seeing mergers and acquisitions at the current pricing levels. I'm seeing huge investment going into AI, cloud, cybersecurity. It's yeah. huge in terms of since we you know pandemic and, and when we're moving. So at current valuation levels. We have been pricing a, a new solution, uh, a global technology solution, right. that we believe over the next one, two, three years should deliver for our clients. And we've been able to price a 14% per annum coupon in, in relation to that. So it's a theme that we've been looking at pre-Christmas that we've now bringing to the table for Q1 yeah. in where yeah. we are. Yeah. So I do believe the technology side is, is one particular area that I think uh, we believe that for clients who can look at the medium to long term, mm. it is a part of a portfolio that we should be having a conversation with in terms of that. Our whole focus, though, as, as, as I've mentioned earlier, is that the transformation to renewables from fossil fuels to green transformation is immense. Climate change... That's a, a focus that we are living with day by day in Sea Spray, and the team and the resources that we have and the capabilities is working with international partners to develop solutions that are green focused. They are looking at the climate, they're looking at ESG factors, and bringing them in so that those companies, I believe, that are doing the right thing in reducing the carbon footprint doing the right thing in terms of the environment, they will get rewarded. The share price will get rewarded. Yeah. And we're seeing many investors, and I, I take some of the major life companies uh, uh, in terms of that. They're major shareholders in a lot of these companies, yeah. but they're now having that input at, board, at, at shareholder level to change a lot of the actual activities that are being you know, right, yeah. undertaken in those companies to the better from a green perspective. So I, I do see a lot of... Q1, Q2, Q3, that we're going to be looking at that okay, as part yeah. of the, uh, the... I think it's quite uh, evident that investors have, have their own green agenda and we're, we're matching a need in the marketplace, I think, you know, right. by, by producing yes. our, our, our structured notes, you know. Yes. Um, Paul, I, I have to, I have to, say, I have to say also Sorry, before, <laughs> yeah. in Ireland, 50% of our energy, our electricity, 
last November to October was produced by renewables. There you go. I think yeah. that and, and, and the new, uh, if you like, connections to the grid is going to be a key focus in terms of our own Ireland climate action plan as we go Absolutely. forward. I'm sorry, sorry to say, guys, I have a question for you as well, Paul. Okay. Two, actually. Um, one client is asking um, if we think that they should fix mortgage or stay variable. Well, I, I think we, we're, if you haven't fixed already, it may be a bit late. There are some fixed rates still available at the lower level. I think what people need to stand back and look at is, and Danny referred to it earlier, I remember when I took out my first mortgage in the end of the 1980s, I fixed, I thought I was a hero, and I fixed at 10% for three years. My God. So today, when we can get fixed rates between 2 and 3%, they are phenomenal yeah. good value. Yeah. Um, so if clients, like we would tend to advise clients long-term to fix um, their interest rates. Where we're at at the moment is that we think, if you look at the ECB, we're probably, there's another half percent going to come again over the next couple of months. So the variable rates will go up again a bit further. Yeah. But a lot of the banks are still offering fixed rates below those levels. Okay. And I think for comfort, at the end of the day, you're not looking, when you're buying your home, you're not looking to play the markets. You're, you're looking to have a fixed cost exactly. that you know every month where you're at. Yeah. So if you can fix below 3%, I would be recommending that okay. for clients okay. at the moment. Okay, you know? okay, okay. That's, 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 that's a clear call. Um, and then... Just you mentioned the the strength of, of, of the Irish economy and its mm -hmm. performance. Um, one client is asking what our views on, on the Irish economy going forward are, and and are there particular Irish stocks that that, that we like? Yeah, well, I, as I said, we kind of we hit on the Irish economy earlier. Yeah, I think we're going to see a situation. There's a general view that there's going to be a slowdown this year, but we're not looking at recession. We're still looking at very strong household consumption, and um, we have a very high savings number still in Ireland, yeah. which people have kind of forgotten about. And um, the number, the, the figures now are far higher than they were before before the pandemic, despite the fact that we've had a pickup in spending in 2022. So I, I think the the areas like for from the Irish stock market and, um, that we would look at, firstly, travel has been, you know, people when COVID ended, people started traveling and the numbers have continued to rise. I mentioned briefly Ryanair. They have just recently raised their guidance. They were guiding about 1.2 billion for the year. Right. They're now raising it up to about 1.42. And um, we're looking at a, they've had a very strong quarter three into Christmas and bookings were ahead of expectations. They are now talking about carrying about 168 million passengers this year. Um, Ryanair trades on a PE of 13 and a half which is slightly below its pre-pandemic level. Okay. Um, we have a target price of around 1950 to 20 euros, and it's currently bouncing around 1350, 1390. Yeah. So we would have a strong buy preference for, for Ryanair. Also, the other aspect to them, their debt in March last year was one and a half billion. Their net debt is now down below a half a billion. They have fixed um, 60, over 68%, I think, of their their fuel is hedged out for, for 2023 at, a, at, at $68. So they've, the cost levels they've locked in, they're still going for the low cost fares and the numbers. It's a volume game. Right, and yes. they're the number one in Europe. I would be strongly recommending for portfolios for the long term. Okay. Um, okay. Another one to look at is IRES, which is coming on the property side. Mm -hmm. uh, they're the largest provider of owner of residential property in Ireland, particularly in, this, in the, the greater Dublin area. Uh, the stock is currently trading at a 35% discount to its net asset value. 
Uh, it's yielding almost 5.1%. And we think that they are well positioned. They have 98% occupancy. So we know all the talk about there isn't enough homes, there isn't enough houses. These guys are full. They're generating strong, steady income. Mm -hmm. um, now, their rent levels, their average rent level is about 12% below the market average. So they have scope to grow there. And we would see a share price. Share price at the moment trading around 109, 110. We would have a price target of about 130 for those over the course of the year. Okay. okay. Um, and that's two sides of the Irish yeah. economy. One other to think about is Smurfit Kappa. Um, currently trading around 35, we'd have a target price of about 42.5 for it. It's yielding three over 3.5%. Um, you know, international, one of the largest cardboard manufacturers in the world. All of these goods that people offer, yeah. particularly the people buying from the Amazons of this world, everything comes packaged. Mm -hmm. The demand for their product continues to rise. Yeah. So they would be three strong companies excellent, that I think we would have. Yeah for investors who want specific stocks. Fantastic, that's great. Um, I think to finish on that very positive note in, in an Irish context, it was great. So I know it was, it was a quick 30 minute rattle through of the global economy and, and various issues, but I'd like to thank thank you both. Thank you, Marty. For and your... I think the, the outlook and uh, the detail is, is on our website with it, the uh, with uh, It is, the I, I, I would encourage our viewers to, to log on and the, the, the detail and the analysis of market data will be in our 2023 outlook. So, yeah. um, and there as well, you know, if, if our, our, our viewers would like to subscribe, as we know, we have a, delighted, a, a suite delighted of to hear from updates. Them. So everybody welcome. Everybody, everybody welcome. <laughs> exactly. So, guys, thank you very much. And thank we look forward Martin. to our, our next Making Waves podcast. Yes. Um, and it's bye for now. Lovely. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you. Marty. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you. Seaspray Private Limited trading as Seaspray Private is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Seaspray Financial Services Limited trading as Seaspray Mortgages is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.